welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of the Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith. And today, listeners, I'm excited to say I've got a guest, Lorraine Lapointe, uh, here with me today. And we're going to be talking about are you self-sabotaging your relationships? So let me, without further ado, introduce Lorraine. Welcome, Lorraine. Wow, thank you so much, Lynn. I appreciate uh, you having me on the show. I'm excited to listen and speak with your audience. So your show is amazing. And uh, I just appreciate being here. Excellent. Thank you so much for those kind words. Well, Lorraine, um, I'm I'm really excited as well to be talking about are you self-sabotaging your relationships? Because I think we can all say hand on heart, hand in the air, that we've been guilty of self-sabotaging a lot of relationships, whether they be romantic ones, family ones, friendship ones at some point in our lives aren't we <laughs> uh, I would I would say yes because one of the things that um that I know is universal in is we have a, a an inner critical voice most people say it's the inner critic but it's actually um labeled in what I work with as the judge and the judge we found is universal in all cultures and the judge actually steps forward and judges first self then others and then circumstance so you know that that sense of what what's wrong with me like um you know that that sense of like i'm never good enough that's all that comes from the judge and then when once we've once once we've judged ourselves as not being um, enough or that there's something wrong with us, we then turn around and reflect that onto others. You know, oh, they're so ridiculous, they're so demanding, they're so this, they're so that. You know, and then and then that translates into oh, you know, he or she never does X, Y, or Z. And then that creates that circumstance, that that victimization piece, you know, nothing ever works for me. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, you know, the universe is conspiring against me and all of that sense of, you know, circumstance not being right. So I'm always mindful when people use language that starts with always or never followed by some negative rhetoric. <laughs> That is always, a, always, there's, there's, there's like, it's often a good indicator that we're actually using the wrong, and not necessarily wrong, but the part of our brain that is wired into the neural pathways wired into these saboteurs. Um, it, it was actually research done by Stanford University um, that identified the 10 different saboteurs that lurk in our brains and whisper all of the the um, negativity uh, that we experience because they live in a different part of the brain from the part of the brain that experiences positive emotions and has a positive perspective. So um, I often talk about 
structure that kind of thing with my clients so that they have a better understanding of what it is they're dealing with and um, what's affecting their relationships. So maybe today that's something that we can dig into a little bit if you're interested. I'm very much interested. If it's not putting you on the spot and you've got that information to hand, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. So um, one of the things that I'll let the listeners know is that these 10 saboteurs, we're calling them, the, you know, the inner self-sabotage comes in 10 flavors. <laughs> And the 10 flavors, the, the reason it's so prevalent um, in our society and in all societies is actually because these um, saboteurs use our best, um, what's the best of us? They, they use what is our strengths and actually turn them against us using what I call saboteur lies. So can I give you an example? Absolutely. That's what I really love is to share examples for the benefit of myself and for the audience. So one of the ones that um, uh, the audience members might be most familiar with is, is something called the stickler or the perfectionist. And the stickler's lie to us is that if we listen to it and allow it to run our lives, that it will make everything go smoothly. When everything gets done the way that the stickler or the perfectionist tells us to do it, then we'll feel good. The lie, of course, is that nothing is ever done well enough. Nothing is done perfectly. And so the so we actually end up never feeling good. And it's really hard in a relationship if one person has a high degree of stickler in their profile um, quite often the other person um, feels constantly judged as not being good enough, that they can't do things perfectly. That, um, And so it, it sets up this really uncomfortable circumstance where one is striving for perfection and the other is feeling never good enough. So you can see how those, those two things work against each other. Yeah, um, and I think... Um... I've not been guilty of that so much because I wouldn't say I've ever been a perfectionist. But what I, I can confess to is I think I've been guilty of being that person that feels a bit superior. If that's a, an, I don't know if that's the right word, really, but probably thinking, um, you know, that, you know what, I'm not going to engage in this this discussion because um, I'm going to be the better person. <laughs> and not, yeah, that, not wanting that's... to lead to an argument, that sort of thing. Uh, that's actually um, can come from a few different saboteurs. Um, one that irks me <laughs> greatly is called the hyper-rational. And the hyper-rational is one that likes to um, convince us that we're smarter than everybody else, that feelings don't matter. Um, we can think through anything, rationalize anything. There's a good explanation for everything. Um, that's the hyper-rational. The other one that contributes to that sense of superiority is the controller. You know, um, if and the controller lie is, of course, if I control everything, everything will work out much better. <laughs> the truth of the controller um, is that we, when the controller is uh, prevalent in a relationship, it shuts the other person down. The other person doesn't feel seen and heard. And so they don't get a chance to really shine. Mm. Um, and the hyper-rational just doesn't really entertain um, emotions at all. 
So, you know, they tend to rationalize everything away and guilty as charged. I mean, those are two that tend to be high in my personal profile. But when I notice it's happening in my relationships, I think, ah, <laughs> I've been sabotaged again, you know, and then I have to step down and step back and realize that others do have lots of great ideas and lots of, you know, their thoughts and feelings are important. Absolutely. And, um, you know, um, it's not laying blame at anybody's door if you're finding that you can resonate with any of these. You know, we're human beings at the end of the day and we're all guilty of these, aren't we, to some extent? We all have all 10. So um, in the work that I do, I help people to identify what the level is of each of the the current um, saboteurs. So it's called a saboteur profile. So it, it identifies the level of each that we're currently under the influence of um, because we can't work against something that we don't know is there. We can't make decisions about things um, to be different or to change things unless we actually know what we're dealing with. Yeah, because we don't know what we don't know. Until we no, do. with blind spots. You know when people say about blind spots? I don't know. It's in my blind spot. Like we do have blind spots, and they are called the saboteurs. They are our blind spots. And literally, we don't know they're there until, until we bring them into the light, and then we see what effects they're having in our relationships. And they're never good effects in the relationship because saboteurs can collude with each other. So... So when in a relationship first starts, you know, um, we go through that beautiful sense of, of togetherness at the beginning of a relationship. And of course, all the hormones in our brain are set to see all the positive things and the similarities of, of our other. And then as those hormones and chemicals start to uh, decrease, we start to see the differences. And the differences is where the saboteurs jump in and make judgments, as I said, judgments against ourselves and others. And then, of course, judge circumstance, you know, um, and and they're very tricky. They are very, very tricky. Like, can I talk a little bit about the pleaser? Um, a lot of our, our listeners may have experienced the pleaser. The pleaser says that, it will make people love you, trust you, and want to be with you. So you should do more for them because if you do more for them, they'll want to be with you. And so you turn yourself into this human pretzel yeah. trying, to, trying to match whatever it is that you think that they want according to the pleaser saboteur. And in fact, what you do is you end up being resentful of another. You give and you give and you give out of a sense of depletion. Yeah, I think, it, you know, it can come across to the other person as quite needy and desperate sometimes, can't it, as well? Oh, clingy and needy and and all of those things that then we say, but at the beginning they loved us so much and now they can't wait to get away from us or they're, where we feel like there's distancing involved. And, and it's really the pleaser quite often that triggers that distancing in the other person. And if we're not aware of it, what happens is they they back up a little bit or they get a little bit of distance and then we go running headlong towards them because we feel them pulling away. Happens in a lot of male-female relationships, of course. Yes. Men, men naturally do that, 
you know, yeah. move towards, move away. And when women feel men moving away, we tend to go into pleaser mode and chase them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Been there, done that, learned the lesson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> couple, couple of relationships I've, I've done that in as well, and uh, it, it does not work well. So our our saboteurs actually collude with each other and one triggers another. And then it's, it's like, it's like popcorn, you know, one triggers one thing and another triggers something else. And the next thing you know, you're headlong into an argument or, a, or a negative feelings towards each other. And you really don't know why. Okay. So interesting. So tell us more because we've touched on a few of these uh, judges and uh, I'm keen to know what they all are. Okay. <laughs> so another, another one that um, I find challenging to deal with is called the hypervigilant and the hypervigilant occurs when someone sees danger everywhere. And so the lie of the hypervigilant is that it will protect you and your loved ones against danger. Um, but in essence, what it actually does is it makes the person feel jumpy, anxious, worried all the time. And that that's exhausting to be with someone who is always hyper vigilant, seeing danger around every corner, doubting things, self-doubt and doubt of circumstance all the time is exhausting. And so rather than uh, protecting yourself and others from the dangers they actually create the danger they create that sense of anxiety in a relationship so there's another one that uh is hard to hard to live with yeah and absolutely quite absolutely. often the hyper vigilant finds a victim yeah so somebody who's in a victim mentality so one sees danger everywhere and the other and the other one responds with the victim piece well nothing ever works out for me everything's mm -hmm. you know everything goes against me and when you get those two saboteurs that work that collude together it's 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 a bit of a disaster in the making in terms of a relationship you can definitely see why one attracts the other, you know, I'm assuming across all these 10. Yes. Well, and they, and we can all see um, the essence of each one. Like I said, we all have all 10 of them, but some are more prevalent in your life than others. Um, another one that people are often not aware of is restless. Restless is like, like that shiny squirrel syndrome, you know, um, always looking for the next most exciting experience. So where that comes in in relationships is quite often if someone is is a chronic relationship jumper, you know, they're all they're with someone, but they're looking around at others, <laughs> um, you know, always thinking that the grass is greener on the other side very hard to be with someone who's always looking for someone else or something in quotes better or different. Um, again, it's, it's an energy drain and it, and it really damages the relationship because there's no, there's no trust. There's no sense of settle settlement. It's that fear of missing out mm. is basically the hallmark of restlessness. And I suppose a person who's on the other end of that could feel that, um, you know, the a sense of a lack of self-worth on the back of that because they might not feel that they're enough for that person. 
Well, there's their judge coming in, right? So if someone that they're with is always looking around for someone else, then that triggers their judge. Oh, you're not good enough. You're not worthy. You know, you're unlovable or not worthy of being loved the way you are. It's a very damaging message mm. um, to receive. And it, it's not kind of nice for the person who's in that restlessness either because they can't ever feel satisfied with with anything in their life if they're if restless is very high on their profile they literally can't feel satisfied similar to the hyper achiever people in our culture we're taught that achievement is something that is very good which mm. it is but when you have a hyper achiever as your saboteur you are compelled into the next thing nothing is ever celebrated you achieve and then it's on to the next thing achieve on to the next thing and again for our partner if um we have a partner in a relationship that's also exhausting because it can feel like our goals are like even when we achieve our goals together you're not if you're hyper achieving the other person feels like it wasn't good enough to move yeah. on next thing grass is greener so you can see how a lot of these um saboteurs actually work together they work in tandem yeah and this is a bit of an overlap with some by the sound of it yeah and and you know the hyper achievers promise to you is that if you achieve enough you will be feel worthy you will feel loved and respected and and that's what they they honestly want a lot of men are hyper achievers or they have a hyper achiever uh saboteur um and it's that sense of sense of wanting respect and being seen and heard for who you are but again the underlying piece is that you you have to earn it mm. you know i will be loved if and as soon as you put the if on it yeah that's where the saboteurs jump in. Yeah. And it's, it's all the while looking outside of ourselves rather than being and knowing that we're, we're, we're good enough, you know, and we're happy already without needing those external validations. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up as well, because that I mean, we're, we want to be in relationship and we are relational creatures. Um, it's only natural. Uh, human beings are often not recognized as pack animals, but we are, we are, we work in tribes or in groups. That is our natural. If you go back thousands of years, that's how we survived. And so being in a relationship um, is satisfying in many ways and is in, we're instinctually driven to it. But also being in relationship is one of the hardest things that we do. Because literally our relationships trigger our saboteurs. I mean, people often say to me, oh, I want my soulmate. I'm looking for my soulmate. I want to find my soulmate. And that is lovely and wonderful. And that is exactly what I I work with them to do is to find somebody that is that they can be deeply connected with and in love with for a lifetime of love. They also need to recognize that a soulmate or a partner is also the greatest teacher. Yeah, absolutely. And will trigger saboteurs just by their very nature. And so um, 
one of the one of the things that I enjoy doing is teaching them how to how to weaken the saboteur hold, how to dial that down so that they are more in connection with their authentic self. Because saboteurs are not your authentic self. No, and I think you know the it sounds like it's very much connected to our our ego self, our ego mind that that at the end of the day usually is there, you know, from sort of caveman days as a mechanism for protecting us from the saber-toothed tiger that might be around the corner. But actually, in today's modern society, that's obviously not, not, not going to be the case. Yeah, well, we've replaced saber-toothed tigers with things like technology, with, um, you know, things things that are prevalent in our our environment all the time. Like in, in caveman days, the saber-toothed tiger only came along once in a while. You didn't have to be hyper vigilant all the time. But in today's fast paced world, we literally live in a, in a, in a, almost like a goldfish bowl of dangers. I mean, we're being bombarded with thoughts and, and, and images and, expectations are the it's a fast-paced world with high expectations and we're told we're supposed to like it <laughs> yeah i know and um it's been very especially in the recent years it's been very fear driven as well by the media by governments and uh you know um you know no wonder relationships are suffering on the back of it well i mean people who are in fear are easier to control if you want to, if you want to control a group of people, you make them fearful mm. um, because when you've triggered their saboteurs, then they're looking for leadership. Yeah. Um, they're feeling offside out of bounds. They're feeling uncomfortable. They're feeling um, uncertain. That's all the realm of the saboteurs. And so, I mean, yeah, if you're a government, you don't want people feeling, you know, comfortable and <laughs> and 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 totally and totally empowered because they're much harder to manipulate control lead whatever term you want to use you know it's when you are self when you are in your what we call your sage mind your wiser self other people can't control you other people don't manipulate you as easily you you follow your own gut Yes. reactions and and feelings you are your own person um and a whole society like that would be wonderful um but not if you're the one that wants to control them <laughs> exactly yeah uh, and you know i suppose then um, the thing is that you know a lot of people like ourselves are in that self-mastery you know whether it's around relationships or life or health or whatever um you know um environment and uh, industry now and I, I think that's probably making governments and maybe even religious organizations that have controlled the masses for you know generations um, and uh, certainly um, society and the media a, a bit more jittery. Absolutely um, I mean when I my my own background, my father was a minister, so I've done a lot of digging into sort of religions and churches and that kind of thing. And and I was always curious about about the church because in my mind it's an ideal business. You know, you have no product and yet 
you know, you people, people come and they give you money and they, and you know, there's all these services that you provide and, and, and that's a good thing. And there was such a, a good, a good place for the church um, when people didn't have their own um, resources and they didn't have their own education. They didn't understand, but as time's gone on, um, quite often in the name of religion, in the name of church, in the name of God, in the name of whatever it is that, you know, you, you decide to join into, it's that sense of belonging. And so we give ourselves away in order to belong to the group and in order to accept what the group tells you. And it doesn't work so well when people are of their own mind. <laughs> you know, it, which brings me to another one of the saboteurs that uh, your, our listeners might be very well aware of, and that's the avoider. Um, the avoider is sometimes associated with the procrastination, but it's it's actually a little bit more than that. What the avoider wants to do is avoid um, conflict of any kind at all costs. So what the avoider does is it wants a pleasant, enjoyable life. It wants, which is sounds wonderful, doesn't it? I want to be harmonious. I want to have a pleasant, enjoyable life. But what the avoider actually does is it prevents us from doing the challenging, hard things we need to do to make our life enjoyable and harmonious. And so we tend to erode our own sense of self-trust and our own trust of others by avoiding, you know, I don't want to have that difficult conversation or I don't want to set a boundary and have to, um, and have to enforce it. Yeah. And so they're afraid to rock the boat. I'm guilty of massively being one of these avoiders. <laughs> yeah. And it, and, and the, the lie is that it will make life more pleasant if you just avoid things when the whereas the truth actually is that people appreciate honesty and they appreciate hearing the authentic you. And you can only truly work together well in a relationship with someone else if you if you know that they are being honest with you. Yeah, um, I can think of my ex, a couple of ex relationships, ex husbands, where if I'd only, like hindsight's twenty twenty, right? If I'd only had the courage to speak to them about really what it is that I wanted mm. and what I needed in the relationship, the relationship probably would have lasted. Yeah, but I avoided it. I I couldn't speak. I was a pleaser. I could not speak and tell them what I needed because I was too busy turning myself into a pretzel, trying to show them, you know, if, how much um, I could meet their needs mm. and disregard my own, where really now I understand that it's a gift we give to others to allow them to support us. Yeah, absolutely. And also you, you get much more respect by setting those healthy boundaries than, avoiding you know having that difficult conversation like you say because all that does is, is build up resentment for one you know uh, well yeah and we wonder why why we're not getting what we want and yet we've actually avoided even asking for it yeah <laughs> we expect our our partner to be a mind reader you yeah. know um mm. and 
and all, so that's why when we at the at the top of the show we were talking about uh, self sabotage and how it affects relationships, and so you can see how all of these different aspects of saboteurs um, negatively affect relationships. But there is some good news. Can we talk about the good news? Yeah, absolutely. We managed to cover all 10 of those. I'm not sure. I've lost count amongst all that. Yeah. Well, I can run through them for you if you like. There's the victim, the avoider. There's the hyper-rational, the hyper-achiever, the controller, uh, restless, the hyper-vigilant, the pleaser, and the stickler. And, of course, we started out talking about the judge. The judge is like the the kingpin for sabotage. But there are some really simple, deceptively simple things that you can do to change your neurology, change the part of your brain that is online so that the saboteurs become weaker. I mean, they will never disappear completely, but they can become weaker and you can strengthen that inner core, that inner what we call the sage mind, the wiser you, the part of you that is, uh, you know, connected with your intuition and, and your gut and your knowing your sense of knowing. And so one of the ways that we do that, and I'll share it with your, with listeners is, is to be present in the moment. The saboteurs like to keep us focused on the past which is regret and, and depression and, you know, all of those nasty things, or they keep us focused on the um, future, which is anxiety, worry about things that have not happened yet in a negative way. So they keep us either past or future. Whereas the, the sage mind, the wiser mind is, is focused on the present and there are some very simple inner sizes, what I call inner sizes, things that you can do with your senses, your body, and your mind that get you um, connected with the present. And when you do that, you're able to relate to others in a whole other way. You're less triggered. And you and you create the relationship, which is the one that we all want, right? I want to feel connected, loved, seen, and heard. I want to be able to ask for what I need. I want to be able to give to my partner what they need when they need it, without being giving from depletion, without it being a huge stress and strain. So... That's the program that I work with my clients on called Mindset um, Fitness. So I might actually call my program No Sweat because it doesn't take any sweat. (laughs) Mindset (laughs) Fitness Fundamentals. So it's No Sweat Mindset Fitness Fundamentals. And we we learn to use our inner sizes. We learn to switch that neurology so that we can relate to the other in a, in a beautiful way that doesn't stress them out and doesn't stress us out. <laughs> Love it. Uh, it really sounds fascinating. And I've really enjoyed talking about this subject today with you, Lorraine. So for the benefit of the listeners, what is your best contact address or information that you can share with them today? The easiest way for them to connect with me would be to go on the internet and just go LorraineLapointe.ca because I'm in Canada. 
So Lorraine Lapointe, no, no dots or dashes or any of that stuff, just LorraineLapointe.ca and they will get to my website. Excellent. Thank you so much. And before we wrap up this particular episode, Lorraine, would you be prepared to share, share some wiser words of uh, wisdom to leave our guests with, whether that's a, a one of your inner sizes, as you call them, or, or sure. something that they can take away from today's show that they could possibly try out and implement for themselves? Sure. That One of my favorite inner sizes is actually and you, you've got it wherever you go, is take your finger and your thumb and you just gently rock them back and forth on each other. And you just gently move them around until you feel the ridges on both your finger and your thumb. And you do that for just a few seconds. And once you have that sensation of the ridges on your finger and your thumb, move to it the second finger and thumb, and then they can move to the third, and finally the fourth. And one of the things that you'll notice is just in that short, what, 15, 20 seconds, you'll notice that your brain has gone from like, well, there's lots of stuff going on, to feeling much calmer, much more centered. And so they can, this is a simple activity you can do anywhere, anytime. Well, actually, some men did point out there was one place that they couldn't do this, but <laughs> <laughs> but we won't go there. Um, for most of us, we do this exercise, this inner size, anywhere, anytime, and it literally shifts the neurology of our brain. We feel different because we've shifted the neurology in our brain. Yeah, the focus is somewhere else. And like you say, it brings you back to the present and the here and now, which is why they call it. A gift, the present. <laughs> it is. It exactly is. The present is a gift. And and the way to presence ourselves, one of the best ways is to use what we've been given by the universe, our, our body. And so often many of us walk around as if, I, well, for me anyway, I was a head that the body just moved my head around. <laughs> and in the last, you know, decade or so I've discovered that the body is so much more than just a vehicle to move your head around absolutely me too so thank you so much Lorraine that's been a really fascinating conversation I'm sure the listeners will get a lot out of them all the things that you've discussed around uh, how people self-sabotage their relationships so thank you very much for being a really great guest Oh, you're very welcome. And uh, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed being on your show. And Hearts Entwined is an amazing podcast. So thank you so much for having me here, Lynn. I appreciate it. So on, on that note, uh, we're saying thanks to Lorraine for her wise words of wisdom. I just want to leave the listeners with true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.